Uh, good afternoon, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Uttlesford District Council monthly planning meeting. Uh, I'll introduce myself on Councillor Keith Eden. Uh, I'm uh, standing in for our regular uh, chair, um, Councillor Cheatham, who's uh, currently indisposed, and I'm accompanied by Councillor Kant uh, as, my, as my deputy. Um, there are some housekeeping rules. Um, we're not expecting a fire, so if the alarm bell goes off, it's for real, in which case you should uh, go out that way. Uh, whilst we have a policy of diversity and equality, I would expect in those circumstances for the men to let the ladies go first. Um, uh, I can also report that, regrettably, the air conditioning system is not working, uh, so I'm minded to say to gentlemen members they may now remove their jackets, um, but, of course, we wouldn't expect them to slacken their ties. Um, uh, I would also uh, say, if you have a mobile telephone, why have you brought it with you? Uh, and if you have, please make sure it's turned off, because uh, I shall get cross if it rings and interrupts a key, a key, a key point. Um, right, um, we get started with um, apologies for absence and declarations of interest. Uh, we have apologies from councillors Cheatham, Lachlan and Wells. Are there any declarations of interest? Councillor Ranger. Yes, Chairman. Application uh, 14-1445, Barnston, as a member of Barnston Parish Council, non-pecuniary. Thank you very much. Uh, also, as usual, members, if something looks like it's going to be a pecuniary interest, uh, get your hand up quickly and uh, it will draw to my attention. Uh, if we can go to the minutes of the meeting of the 25th of June, um, are we minded to say they are a true and fair reflection of what happened? All right. In that case, I shall sign them. Oh, they're not a true and clever. Councillor Manell, how have we gone wrong? Can I just say, in apologies for absence, PC8, on that first page, my, my grandchildren attend Great Chesterford School. Uh, right, OK, so we're, we're almost a true and fair re reflection. Thank you very much. Now to see if we have any business arising, um, I'll go through the page, well, the pages aren't numbered are they, so I'll go through it by item. Um, PC 8, 9, 10, PC 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Right, thank you very much. Um, first of all, do we have any applications withdrawn? Um, <coughs> in which case, we'll go straight to uh, application UTT 14-0356 and uh, ask uh, Ms. Shrewsmith to uh, introduce us. Thank you, Chairman. Members will remember this site uh, from the outline application which was granted at the 14th of November 2012 Planning Committee. Um, whereby outline planning permission was granted for the demolition of the existing buildings on site and the erection of 24 dwellings with all matters reserved apart from access. The principle um, as part of the application was agreed, um, also including um, density and the numbers on site. Um, it should be noted um, that the application was for 24 units and not up to 24 units um, like other applications that have been before us. 
This application is for the reserved matters covering the details of layout, appearance, scale and landscaping. The application site is located on Debden Road, if I go back a bit, um, Debden Road um, being here, um, and is bounded by the rear gardens of dwellings on Mandeville Road and Borough Lane and also um, the cottages on Mount Pleasant um, are divided by an informal access road which is located here. The 24 units will be formed around, um, around a T-shaped cul-de-sac with a mixture of two and two and a half storey dwellings. As initially um, indicated and approved, the existing access from Devden Road will be repositioned away, which is currently here at the moment, repositioned away from um, an existing number 74 property on Devden Road to here. And this, um, sorry. this is still proposed, um, the case, as originally within the outlined outline application and the informal access which is located here. There is a, as part of the scheme, a detached property would be located adjacent to the existing properties, um, continuing the um, street line um, along Debden Road and there would be um, three dwellings um, that will be located here as well. The existing informal access from the north of the site of Debden Road is proposed to be retained and utilised into the scheme. Um, again, as previously stated, this was agreed at outline stage as well. Um, a number of comments that have been received um, by third parties um, relate to um, the comments raised relate to boundary treatment, the retention of the long wall along the western boundary which forms part of the existing building at present. Um, whilst boundary treatments have been indicated as part of the uh, submission, this still needs to form part of the further approval through the submission of information um, at condition stage. Um, this primarily relates to condition three uh, that forms part of the outline consent. Table, um, which is located within section 3.6 of the officer's report, um, provides a breakdown of each of the properties in terms of the parking space and amenity space provision. Actually, it's probably not a really good, it doesn't show up that well. Um, this gives you a rough idea of the elevation. So I'm not too sure if I can actually zoom in. Um, sorry, you can't. Um, in terms of the street scene appearance, this would be the view that you would see from Debden Road with the access um, entering into the um, site here and the informal access located here. Um, this shows the scale of the properties in relation to the existing um, on Debden Road, um, paying attention to the increasing ground levels as they go up um, from north to south along Debden Road. As you enter into the access um, of the site along here, um, this will be the view that you will get to the northern part um, of the access road located here and to the other side here, um, which will be a view of these properties down here. 
As you're coming down the access road, this will be the view of the properties that you would see um, with a focal property in the centre of the development. And at the end of the cul-de-sac down here, two sets of um, two pairs of dwellings which are located here. The proposed two-storey dwellings would range between 8.2 and 8.7 metres in height and the two-and-a-half-storey uh, units will be between 9.7 and 10 metres. The proposed dormer windows will be inward-looking into the development with Velux windows on the rearward slopes um, which are indicated to serve non-habitable rooms and to prevent any form of overlooking. Plot 24 has been designed with a hipped roof, which is this property here, um, and would be set off the shared boundary with the existing um, neighbouring property, number 74, um, which has been designed in this way to um, mitigate um, any form of light loss or overshadowing upon the property. The back-to-back garden distances would comply with the Essex design guide of 25 metres to prevent any direct overlooking. The relationship between um, plots um, four and six uh, with the existing Mount Pleasant cottages um, is considered to be acceptable due to their orientation and these are tapering away from the site with these being uh, at a larger scale um, of about three storeys and these two storeys tapering away. Amenity space is discussed in section 10.7 of the officer's report. Whilst um, there is a shortfall in amenity space, this is attributed to the amenity in the parking standards since the outline application has been granted, thereby creating a conflict between the two aspects. The provision of uh, car parking spaces is considered to outweigh the provision of amenity whilst the scheme is considered to still provide ample and usable amenity space within the town centre location. The dwellings will also be designed to code level 3 standards. As agreed at outline stage, um, six of the dwellings will be designed to lifetime home standards um, and these have been identified on this slide here, um, the ones coloured in blue. There will be a balanced mix of house sizes in accordance with policy. Um, the provision of no affordable housing was also agreed at outline stage. The dwellings have been sensitively designed um, that no impact is considered upon the setting of the listed water tower building which is located approximately around here um, and the adjacent conservation area which the boundary lies along here. The submitted scheme um, proposed parking spaces and garage sizes complies with standards as well. On balance, the scheme is considered to be acceptable. Therefore, approval is recommended subject to conditions. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you very much, Ms. Shrewsworth. We have no speakers on this, so we'll go straight to questions. And I think Councillor Perry had his hand up first. Thank you, um, Chairman. You. Firstly, clarification. Uh, amenity space and garden space, as far as I'm aware, there's no tolerance in garden space, but by changing it to amenity, we have a 25% tolerance. <coughs> are they communal amenity space or are they garden space? That's my first question. My second question is regarding runoffs. I've got a, a big problem at the moment with regarding Essex County Council and their legal obligation 
regarding water runoff from Debden Road and the Friends School and other roads in that area, which is causing severe flooding into other properties further down the way. I don't see, all I see is ECC suds, no comment. I just find that incredible. Do we know of this situation that is, has developed already? And is there any way we can condition it if, there is, if it's appropriate? Well, excuse me, I will ask Ms. Schuster to comment on those two questions. The first one might be easier than the second. Yes. Um, in terms of the reference to amenity space, um, when I say that, it refers to the rear private amenity gardens. So it's the garden spaces at the back of the properties. Um, in terms of a 25% tolerance, um, that was a stance that was taken in the past at the time of dealing with the original um, application and the advice given. Um, since then, we've obviously have moved in terms of our position, in terms of how we feel about amenity space. However, um, as within the report, um, in terms of the numbers, the density and the fact that the car parking standards have changed since the original outline, um, that is a material consideration. With regards to the SUDS, um, I have to look at the original outline consent in terms of what conditions were imposed on the original consent, so I might need a little time if that's okay. While Ms. Shrewsmith is doing that, we will seek Mr. Uh, Councillor Easton's question. Mr. Chairman, do we have by any chance any more specific drawings of the houses rather than just a block plan? In other words, can we see what each individual looks like? Surely it's, uh, there must be some drawings to that effect. Yes, there certainly will be. Um, they will be in, uh, I suspect, in Ms. Shrewsmith's pile we can come to in a moment. I will have to um, circulate them if that's okay. <laughs> no, I know you won't circulate them, but you might better hold them up for council. Yeah, that's instance. fine. I'll, uh, uh, what I'll do, I'll find the street scene and that's probably easier to look at the, um, right, the elevations okay. a bit more detail. And in the meantime, while we're doing that, we will uh, ask uh, Councillor Ranger what his question is. It might be simple. Thank you, Chairman. Not a chance. Um, two, two things that um, I wanted to raise, and one is with the conditions that Mr Smith is looking at on the outline application was contamination. There's no condition on this for investigation for contamination and remediation. So if that was included in the outline, that's fine. Yeah, uh, there are a number of conditions relating to the decontamination of the site. Um, I think there's about three or four on there, including um, avoid, I think avoiding any piling on site as well. Okay, thank you. And this, my second point, Chairman, was um, on condition two and three. Um, not sure if the road is going to be adopted. Um, if it is, it will be subject, obviously, to a section 38 agreement. Um, we are asking that the carriageways, footways, footpaths um, have no raised uh, gullies, covers, or such, um, which is part of the section 38 part 1 inspection before the occupation can be allowed. But then on 3, we're asking that the vehicle parking areas um, are going to be 
well, sorry, the carriageway in part of two, we're asking for the carriageways to be made up within three months of occupation. Yet in three, um, we're asking for it to be in place before occupation. So we're going to have a decant situation if it's fully occupied and then three months later they come along to do the road surface. And all those cars have got to come out for the road surfacing to be done. Surely the road surfacing should be made up before occupation. It's such a tight site. Um, I'll ask Ms. Shrews how she's progressing with the various questions that are coming at us. Um, yeah, rather than tell Maria, I'll just tell you what the... There are two conditions on the outline. One, condition 12, which says no building should be occupied until works for the drainage sewage disposal works have been pr provided. So there's a condition about that. There's also a further condition... Um, I'm one of those ones that feel that it's duplicating what's required under the Section 38 rules, but it's on about drainage of the estate road as well, which required a detail. So there's a bit of belt and braces there as well. So it's all covered in the outline planning commission. Um, in terms of the elevations, I don't know if that's any clearer in terms of what the dwellings will look like. No? Okay. No problem. I'll get the large Councillor Reason, do you have a specific property in mind that you're concerned about? Well, they all look rather nice, Mr Chairman. I'll go through each of them. This is an example of what some properties would look like. And um, I'll go through a couple more. the main property you'll see as you're driving down the access road. So that will be what's considered to be the focal dwelling as you're coming into the uh, building. Sorry. So far, I think it has. In which case we go to Councillor Godwin. I suspect Ms. Shrewsters might want you to, re to repeat the question. Uh, well, I can, I'll, I'll answer it. Um, and, uh, and again, I think I'd echo Mr. Brown in saying, and partly what Councillor Ranger said, in the fact that this should be covered by um, the adoption part from highways. I mean, yes, the road should be adopted. I think the point here is that um, you will have properties occupied at different points. So the, the initial properties will be occupied, and what we don't want... Um, you know, well before the, the end properties. What we don't want is the, the estate road being difficult to drive over with lots of raised elements. That's the point. Um, but we wouldn't expect, when the first property was occupied, say at the front of the site, the road to be completely made up all the way to the rear. That would be unreasonable because they might not have, well, they won't have finished building the properties at the rear, so it would be unreasonable to expect a completely made up road. So this is attempting to have something in between to ensure that the road is drivable so you don't take your sump out of your car but actually it's accepting that we, uh, it's made up at, at the appropriate time. If I may come back, is it the case then that the parking areas are a different material to the road? Yes, and I think the parking areas are the ones on plot we're talking about, so that they're there and made up before the occupation, which is um, point three, but point two is the, is the carriageway 
you know, you've got a slightly raised area in the middle of the tee, but just to ensure there is slightly different um, and to ensure we have some sort of control. Thank you. Uh, right, Councillor Godwin. Uh, my concern really is now the landscaping treatment. We've got some green blobs there. I take it those are existing trees, but this is in a quite high dense area with houses surrounded. Are we proposing hedging or fencing here because the houses are quite large um, and I, I'm trying to remember what was on that site but there were certainly bits and pieces um, but really I think it needs more landscaping than is shown. Perhaps Ms. Shuzel will comment on the landscaping obligations. Um, whilst it also part, forms part of the reserve matters, I think because of the nature of the site um, and the design, um, whilst they have indicated kind of boundary treatments which form part of the landscape and hardscaping, um, there are existing trees um, that have been indicated that will be retained. Um, as you can appreciate, because of the nature of the site, that is minimal at the moment. Um, within the gardens themselves, um, typically they don't tend to be landscaped because then it's left down to the occupier's preference. But in terms of the frontages, the frontages are, um, are relatively small in terms of their setting. Uh, in the frontage here, that's kept quite clean um, because um, you wouldn't want the dwellings to be obscured in terms of its character, the setting of the listed building, the conservation area, and plus in terms of what's there along the main road. Um, there is also a condition on the outline um, requesting further information on landscaping, um, boundary treatments. Um, so that's subject to, um, to more details coming in. But in, in terms of... Um, the design of the site at the moment, it allows for minimal landscaping. Um, hence, I think, the, um, obviously, the, the landscaping that they have shown on there at the moment. Precisely what is bothering me. Thank you, Councillor Goblin. Uh, Councillor Mackman, I think you were next. Thank you, Chair. Uh, page 13, check the conclusion, Chair. Paragraph A, it says, the density of the development is also acceptable as well as the reduction in the level of amenity space in lieu of achieving car parking standards. That strikes me as a contradiction in terms. We look at the grid telling us about amenity space or gardens. There's 24 houses, 18 of which fail to meet the standards. That's 75% of the houses. I I've got mixed feelings about this because I do appreciate that Crowd builds build to high standard and uh, there's several developments in the area that I know about that are very good. But this just strikes me as an overdevelopment and I wouldn't be able to support it. Thank you, Councillor Maxman. Uh, Councillor Candler next. Yeah. Um, yes. So I, I j just wanted to comment, really. Um, you remember the genesis of this scheme when it came forward and to some extent the reasoning behind the decision you took to support it then. Um, Mrs. Shoothness has said, you know, you approved it up to 24 and a general, out, general outline design in relation to this, it was all in relation to supporting the move of the, of the business to new premises and, and raising sufficient money to enable them to do that, which is why um, we took a reduction in the affordable housing contribution and, and just took a £200,000 off-site contribution, from memory. Um, 
So it, that was one of the other things that you were weighing in the balance at that time um, back when you approved the outline. So I, I completely understand where Councillor Mackman is coming from, but that was the other element in your consideration in terms of the, the ability to secure sufficient funding from this site to enable the company to move into new premises and retain them in the area versus the other issues you were considering. So that was just to remind you of, of that consideration. Thank you, Mr Taylor. Uh, Councillor Cant. Um, thank you, Chairman. It was in relation to Councillor Ranger's um, point. It, it sounds from um, reading the report uh, and the conditions that building is going to last for at least 12 months, so it's going to go through a reasonably wet, if um, history follows, a reasonably wet autumn, winter and spring. Um, and the later development will be towards the end of the site. And so I, I do think, considering that this comes out on a major junction, um, which is being traffic lighted, that some sort of wheel cleaning or something to ensure that the mud from the unmade section at the bottom of the road doesn't find its way um, onto the houses that are occupied and onto, the, um, onto uh, Debden and... Um, Lane. Thank you, Councillor Cant. I'm sure that can be conditioned, uh, Ms. Shoesmith. It's not already there? It, it already has been conditioned, Chair. Very good. It just um, demonstrates some, some members it have not read all their notes. It's on the outline. It's on the outline. They've got short memories then. Required construction <laughs> management plan, which would cover issues such as you. Because you're right, it's, it's right in the middle of town. Yeah, thank you very much, Mr. Brown. Um, right. Um, others? Yes. yes um, Councillor Davies next, I think. Uh, yes, Mr. Chairman. Could somebody point out to me plot, 20, uh, plot 19, please? <coughs> right. Okay. And the, the nearest property to the side of it would be right up by the Debden Road. That's correct, yes. Okay, thank you. Nothing more to add. Councillor Ranger, coming back to a second question. Two observations on points that have been made, really, Chairman, just to satisfy myself that I'm thinking correctly. Um, the garden sizes, we have, um, on Condition 5, taken away permitted development rights, so that protects those garden areas to what they are. And secondly, on question of runoff that uh, Councillor Perry raised, uh, the existing site area is probably 90% hard cover, where in fact on here we've probably got 50-60% hard cover, so the runoff will be reduced. And in fact, the regulations state that rainwater runoff must not exceed um, what was already there. Right, thank you, Councillor Ranger. Turning off to it. Right, uh, there are no further questions. Uh, we now have to consider uh, the application, whether we approve or dis otherwise. Uh, as, as you're all looking a little bit vague, and, and Councillor Dave, you were going to. I propose we recommend the recommendation. We, we approve the recommendation. Right, thank you very much, uh, much for that. Is that fine to second? Uh, Thank you very much, Councillor Rain. So we have a, a, a proposer and seconder to approve the uh, application. All those in favour, please show. Those against? Uh, in that case, 
one, one abstention, so a 9-1-1. Right, okay, thank you. In that case, the application is approved. Um, UTT 14-0138, a little Howlingbury, and Mr. Brown's going to lead off. Thank you, Chairman. Before I go on, there's one, two matters of housekeeping. First issue, one matter that was outstanding on the, the report was matters relating to ecology and an outstanding invertebrate survey, which is now being carried out and um, has been submitted. And it's very short, so I'll just, report, I'll just read verbatim what the, 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 um, the Council's retained ecologist has said. He said, the survey identified 305 species of invertebrates, 11.8% of which are raised of raised conservation interest, six are Section 41 priority species, one is Red Data Book, 12 are nationally scarce and 17 are nationally local. No legally protected vertebrates were found. No species were identified which would either prevent or constrain the development. Uh, better sites in Essex and Hearts for vertebrates typically have 15 to 20% of species being of raised conservation interest. This puts Start Hill at the lower end of the spectrum. Although the site is not poor, there is justification that the development will incur a loss of local invertebrate interest and this loss should be compensated. The survey recommends living roofs, but due to the nature of the development, this option is not feasible. In this regard, off-site compensation is the only option. Consideration should be given to identifying an area of the, of the Flitchway which could be improved for invertebrates, although an appropriate management plan, this could be secured through the Section 106 agreement and that is part of the recommendation is, is the off-site is, is the, of the moving of the invertebrate. Second is one omission from the committee report is um, it is recommended additional condition that removes the permitted development rights for the units. Um, industrial units do have permitted development rights. Um, they act, although the site is acceptable, it's, it's, it's within standard, and so therefore we would like to have control over any extensions to them. The site is very straightforward. This is the Dunmo Road moving over towards the M11 Junction 8. Uh, this is the existing business units adjacent to the site, so it's introducing um, more industrial units next to existing industrial units. The site's not allocated, but it's considered an acceptable um, extension of business units in, in what is basically a commercial part of the district. Uh, the, the cottage opposite is a listed building, and members need to be mindful of that, although that has been um, reflected in the design of the proposal. Um, the proposal is for what is basically six units um, where with, with in three blocks put in this location with the ones to the front of the site being lower raised than the ones to the rear to actually reflect what's already there and also to respect the listed fact cottage opposite um, and that proposal I think this is meant to be shown the parking areas and the landscaping area around it this is the landscaping area around it and that would actually see what you would actually see from the site. The better picture is that is what you will see from the actual Dunmo Road, uh, looking from the site, which actually shows um, it's actually well um, sort of assimilated into, into the Dunmo Road. It is considered an acceptable proposal, more than acceptable, it's an important proposal in terms of extension of commercial development within the district, and the application is recommended for approval, Chairman. Right, thank you very much, Mr Brown. And we have no speakers... Um, on this uh, item, so we'll go straight to questions and uh, Councillor Macklin. Actually, I agree with the officers. I think this is a good application. I'd like to approve it, for, recommend it for approval. 
moment. It's a question. Councillor Godley. Uh, I'll second it, but I would like to have details of the treatment uh, for the Flitch Way on our plans. It looks incredibly close. Um, we already did a site visit further down the Flitch Way for another uh, application. Um, I'm trying to remember what it's like there. What is going to happen at that particular bit? The one we Got every plan but that one, Chairman, unfortunately. Um, just to illustrate, that shows the existing planting along there, which is all to be retained. Um, it actually says red to be removed, so therefore there's no trees to be removed from the rear of the site. There are some trees to be removed from the front of the site and some additional planting along the front of the site, but um, unless Andrew can find the actual plan. You were asking Councillor Godwin about the rear of the site. I, where, where's adjacent to Flitchway? I'm yeah. concerned about the rear of the site because all the way along the Flitchway there is heavy vegetation yeah. and that's what helps Flitchway to retain its rural nature. It indicates substantial planting along there. Well, unfortunately, we haven't got no details. Um,
that matter, that's what I was also looking for. There was a condition um, recommended regarding the planning application. So we have not, by approving it today, you're not committing yourselves to any particular species that are shown on some plan somewhere. That, at the moment, is indicative in terms of showing that there will be substantial planting um, um, for which there requires to be a submission of a landscaping scheme, including those species, which would need to obviously need to be agreed with our council's landscape officer. The other fly on the ointment regarding this, obviously any planting would need to be uh, sympathetic because it is within the, the strike zone of the airport as well. So that's another important issue that needs to be taken into account. But that particular issue in terms of retaining the character of Flitchway, enhancing the linkage with the Flitchway would, would be covered by, that, by the submissions regarding that condition. Well, it would hardly be enhanced if it just looked straight onto those buildings. So hopefully the mature planting will be retained. This is really what yeah. I want to see. First, first thing is everything's going to be retained. It's going to be added to. I mean, as I say, there's on that previous pl on that next plan, um, there are some trees to be removed from the front of the site. But in terms of the flitch way, there are no trees to be removed. So you're at least going to keep what you've got, but it will be added to. Right, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Brown. Um, does that satisfy you, Councillor? So, so you, you are seconding the recommendation for approval. Okay. Right, there were a couple of questions before we go to the vote. Uh, three questions, in fact. Uh, Councillor Salmon, you're next. No. Oh, I see. You were scratching <laughs> your head. <laughs> Councillor Ranger. <laughs> thank you, Chairman. <clears throat> no, I'm, I'm in uh, agreement with the uh, recommendation by the proposal and seconder. It's a good scheme. Um, my concern is on condition 12. <clears throat> I note that we have asked in that condition that me methodology for the soil investigation of the, of the spoil investigation is submitted and approved before it's carried out. Um, but I would want to make sure that that methodology allows the existing levels to be determined, the existing ground level to be determined and for the investigation to go beyond those existing levels to make sure there's been no percolation of any um, contamination. And secondly, um, certificate of disposal of the spoil. We don't want that just being dumped in the countryside somewhere, so we should be controlling where that's disposed of. Mr. Brown, you were looking slightly puzzled, but well, no, I'm not. I'm just trying to think of the <laughs> the second bit of that. I don't think we can require, on a condition of a planning permission, that they adhere to another very important piece of legislation in terms of certification of, of disposal. But I don't think we can condition that regarding that. Um, we can put an informative to, if, if there's stuff to be removed to actually say that that would need to comply with other legislation um, in, in terms of that. In terms of the um, consideration of the, the second question in terms of, of or removing the soil and infiltration into the ground, I think that's what that condition would, would, would actually maintain in terms of, first of all, there's what you're moving, and secondly, what's your left and whether you're disturbing what's left. So I think that condition would also do what you're asking in terms of that other part of it as well, in terms of um, what's left and, and, and seepage and stuff like that. Come back to My concern was that the methodology they proposed may just say we're taking samples XYZ um, and getting them analysed, but I want to make sure that those samples are taken down into the existing virgin ground. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I think it, it's what it will do, because what, it, what the contaminated report will need to demonstrate to us is that the land that you take it down to is acceptable for the use that's 
been approved in, in that scenario um, to be acceptable for that. So yes, it would need to cover that to ensure that the, the finished ground level, um, the contaminations in that is acceptable level to meet the, the, the use that it's going to be put to. So yes, that would be covered in relation to that. Um, Councillor Perry. Thank you, Chairman. Just two quick points. Parish Council raised concerns regarding finishing. I know you've got conditions there, but does the conditions ad adequately cover that? And secondly, um, I must apologise, I read the papers so many times, I kept putting a no in as far as highway is concerned. And this time they do have an objection. Has that been overruled? Uh, are they okay and happy now? Has the requirements been dealt with? Thank you, Councillor Perry. Mr Brown will yeah, us. On the highway issue, um, 8.7 raises an objection, 8.8 removes the objection following firm. So that matter has been resolved. And regarding the Parish Council's comments, um, yeah, so therefore there would be, hopefully, there is a materials condition. That implies that they have submitted the materials. Right. The the from what I'm seeing on the planning application there is no submitted materials on the drawings I'm sure there are materials but I think what you can what you can actually do if you want sort of a safety net on that you can say notwithstanding what's been submitted prior approval of the materials if that means they need to submit what's already been submitted so be it but you know I think in, mem in order for members to make an informed decision I can't see any details of materials directly in front of me so, so I think we can put a condition on but if we say they're notwithstanding what's already been submitted then then that can be... Yeah. Thank you, Councillor Ferry. Uh, right, we have a proposer and second, and there being no further questions... Uh, yes, yes, you were, Councillor Gold, not you? Yes, yes, you was, yeah. Um, yes, there being no further questions, uh, we go to the vote. All those in favour, please show. Right, thank you very much. For those who weren't there, this was a field trip that we took on Monday. With a long walk. Uh, yes, indeed, it was a long walk if you're limp. Not bad.
Thank you, Chairman. Um, firstly, I need to run through a few updates to the committee report. Um, at paragraph 10.8, there's mention of a tree that says an ash tree. The landscape officer has since confirmed that the ash tree is an oak. However, the conclusion that no trees are worthy of a tree preservation order remains unchanged. At paragraph 10.9, um, this regards wheelchair accessibility for one of the dwellings. The applicant has agreed to an amendment to the Section 106 agreement. This would require the developer to market Plot 4 as a wheelchair accessible dwelling and to pay towards adaptations if a wheelchair user purchases the house. Following on from this, this leads to a couple of changes to the recommendation. Um, at recommendation 1 is altered to include a fifth point which reads secure contribution towards wheelchair adaptations. Recommendation 3 is also altered to include a third potential reason for refusal which reads lack of contribution towards wheelchair adaptations. A more realistic deadline for the section 106 of 14th of August is also recommended. Uh, the final update to the report is that um, conditions 3 and 4 are now merged into a single, more comprehensive condition, which covers the approval of a landscaping scheme, the approval of protection measures for retained trees, and a requirement to replace any trees which do not become established. The wording of the condition has been distributed to you all, hopefully, um, on a separate piece of paper. Before I begin the main presentation, I've been asked to read out an email from Councillor Cheatham. It reads, Whilst I am happy with most of the application, I think it is very important to make sure we retain as much as we can of the landscaping on the front, and therefore would like to see the condition on landscaping reflecting this. There are a couple of mature trees on the front which would be good to keep. The planting at the back, which abuts the flitchway, is in need of clearing, but some trees could be coppiced and then the area could be enhanced with some new planting. I would like to see a provision for some local need with regard to the social affordable housing and would like the committee to request this as part of the application. There is still a need in Takeley for affordable housing for those who have strong ties with the village and this would be good to secure as a condition or section 106 agreement. Okay. Move on to the main presentation. The application site is located off Dunmo Road, also known as the B1256, in Little Canfield. It accommodates a single dwelling known as Erzmine, several outbuildings and an extensive area of rough grassland, scrub and trees. The application is for planning permission to demolish the existing buildings on the site and to erect 15 dwellings with associated access roads, driveways, garages and gardens. Access to the development would be gained using a new single point of access from Dunmo Road. With a site area of 0.49 hectares, the density would be 30.6 dwellings per hectare. Plots 1 to 3 would be two-bedroom affordable units, and 12 market units would comprise two two-beds, four three-beds, and six four-beds. The site is located outside the Little Canfield development limit, where development of the proposed nature and scale would normally be considered inappropriate. However, taking into account existing and approved residential development to the east and west, it is considered that residential development on the site would be compatible with the area and would not cause significant harm to the character of the countryside beyond. 
Some weight is also given to the allocation of the site for residential development in the draft local plan. There is no strong building line or uniform street scene along Dunmo Road, and a range of new houses have been built and approved in the vicinity. It is therefore considered that while the proposed houses would not match the design of others, they would appear compatible with the area. Garden sizes and parking spaces comply with the Council's adopted standards, and the condition mentioned earlier would be used to secure an appropriate landscaping scheme. This street scene drawing includes the houses to either side of the site, whereas the previous slide didn't. Um, the elevation at the bottom indicates how the street may look with new and retained landscaping. A Section 106 agreement would be used to secure financial contributions towards primary education provision and wheelchair adaptations to one of the units, and also to secure the provision of three affordable units on the site. It is concluded that residential development on the site is acceptable in principle, and that the proposal does not conflict with relevant policies on access, design, infrastructure provision, nature conservation, vehicle parking, archaeological remains, affordable housing or housing mix. It is therefore recommended that planning permission should be granted, subject to appropriate planning conditions and the Section 106 agreements. Uh, thank you very much, Mr Mills. Now we have two speakers. Um, and first is the Parish Councillor, Councillor Bagnall. And I would remind speakers that you have three minutes uh, and um, Mr Taylor has a little device here that uh, uh, announces when your three minutes is up. Thank you Mr Chairman. Um, I was advised that I have to speak as myself rather than Takeley Parish Council but I believe this one is actually within the boundaries of Takeley and Little Canfield so Takeley Parish Council have actually made representation. Uh, and we strongly object to the application um, on the basis that um, I'm not sure if you are aware around the table of how many houses have been approved are in the process of going up in Takeley and Little Canfield area but particularly in Takeley and it's currently running at 300. We have a school that's oversubscribed already to the point where the county are now listening to us and they are now having to reopen the school that they closed down for the new school in Priors Green, that school, when it's reopened, is already oversubscribed. So whilst you talk about all the relevant bits and pieces and the 106 monies, which is all very nice, it's a shame you don't put as much attention to the schooling because you've got a situation where you have no, no schooling for the children. We've got to bus 15 children to Elsenham now and the only reason that school has been opened by the county or is in the process of trying to be reopened is because the parents got fed up and they made representation to local ministers. So around this table I would urge you to understand more about the locality and the real needs of the community. You sit here and it's not your fault, I think you're given stuff by the planning department which doesn't help you make your decisions in the right way. You don't have a big picture of the area, you don't understand the infrastructure and you make decisions on a piecemeal basis and by what I've heard on previous applications it's all about 106 monies. It's got to be better than that. So I would urge you to reject this one because we already have 300 houses going up in the pipeline. We've got nowhere to send the kids to school, let alone the, the rest of the infrastructure. What about health provision? There's so much now where you need to start saying enough is enough. I'm going to apologise now because I'm going to say the same thing on the next application. But 
I would urge you to reject this and I would ask you to think not just for Takeley, for all the other districts in Uttlesford, ask the big question. How many have we already got? Can the school cope? Do we need a new school? And I know it's the county's responsibility to build new schools, but it's this council's responsibility to work with the county to understand where we need them. And I don't see that happening around this table. I see piecemeal recommendations, and I must say that I find it quite incredible that the answers you're given are pretty vague and woolly and they don't specifically answer some of your questions. There's a lot of, oh, that will be all right because it's covered as part of X. And you don't know. I don't think they're doing you a fair service here either as a, as a cabinet. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Councillor Bagnall. Thank you. Uh, we have a second speaker, the applicant, uh, Mr Neil Cottrell. Chairman and members of the committee, I'm Neil Cottrell, Planning Manager at Banner, Banner Homes. The application before you follows extensive pre-application discussion and negotiation with officers and is a subject of a comprehensive report. I'll therefore keep my comments brief. As members will be aware, there have been a series of developments approved on the southern side of the Dun Dunmo Road. These developments include six dwellings approved at the Olivia's just to the west of the site and also planning consent was granted in October 2013 for the erection of 46 dwellings on land at Northview and three the Warren to the east of the current site. In practical terms, the current site is bounded on three sides by built developments and relates well to the existing settlement pattern. The site contains a dwelling and garden and has no landscape or other visual merit. In physical and visual terms, the proposal would simply follow an existing gap and round off the existing pattern of development without causing any harm. In addition, the site and neighbouring land has been expressly allocated for residential allocation in the emerging local plan. Turning to the proposal, plot shapes and sizes are compatible with others in the locality and the layout provides sufficient space for additional landscaping. An ecological landscape buffer would also be provided to the rear of the site. The dwellings would be served by single access and the frontage dwellings would successfully address the road frontage. The remainder of the layout would have a relaxed informal feel with meaningful space between and around the houses. In terms of scale, the proposed dwellings would present two storeys of accommodation to the road and would relate well to the existing pattern of development as confirmed by the street scene elevations. The dwellings would also be attractively designed with gables, casement windows, etc. Each would also be provided with appropriate amenity space. The scheme also provides on-site affordable housing and an appropriate housing mix to create a balanced, sustainable community, and we believe that's consistent with MPPF. I'd also reiterate that the County Council have no objections to the proposal in relation to infrastructure matters. Um, we have no objections to completing uh, a planning obligation as per the Officer Report. In view of all these comments, I would submit to you that the proposal is acceptable in all respects and would create a sustainable form of development without causing harm. I would therefore respectfully commend the officer recommendation of approval to you. Thank you. Thank you, Mr Cottrell. Um, this time Mr Salmon does want to ask. Councillor Salmon. <laughs> Thank you, Mr Chairman. 
As we all saw on Monday, if we do incline to pass this planning application, can we put a condition on that hedge and the front in particular that it be topped and faced to a minimum of four metres and that all the trees that are in there are left standing, even if they're crown reduced, because it will act as a sound barrier to all those houses there. Mr Mills, in comment? Um, yeah, I mean, the, the condition that I forwarded around to you or distributed amongst you, and um, that gives us some degree of flexibility in yeah, what we do in terms of retaining landscaping, protecting what is there, and then agreeing what else to put in in terms of new planting. Obviously, the condition itself isn't specific enough to mention what you've just said, but we could certainly, um, you know, we, we could agree that down the line, and we could certainly put an informative on there, I'd imagine, to, to guide them to... Uh, you know, the sort of scheme that you're looking to, to achieve through that condition. Would that satisfy you, you Councillor Salmon? Okay. Councillor Perry. Thank you, Chairman. Firstly, can I have the answer? What is our level of density that we accept on this council? Is it 37? And then I'll ask my main question. Um, there isn't a set density um, chairman, that, w that we have, it, it depends on the area. I think this is 30.7, so 30 dwellings 30. per 30.6. So it's 30 dwellings per hectare on this site, which I would suggest in this location is is a lower density, certainly to the um, the development that's happening opposite, and is a more rural density, which we generally try to expect. That's the standard that we've tried to adopt in all new allocations, 30 dwellings per hectare. So this would be in line with that. Okay, then my main question, the MPPF is quite clear on the sustainability of a social role, part of that sustainability, supporting strong, vibrant and healthy communities, providing a supply of housing required to meet the needs of present and future generations. The schools at capacity, those are insufficient places. We have got properties there that remain unsold, and I'd start to question whether or not it's sustainable. Um, Mr. Mills, are you? Mr. Brown, are you going to? Well, uh, whether, I think that was more of a statement than the question, Chairman. To be honest. Uh, <laughs> um, well, uh, then well it, it, what we would sorry, what we would argue in terms of sustainability is members that have probably saw more of Takeley and Little Canfield than we needed to have seen on on, when, on Monday. But you did see the facilities, shops, businesses. Priors Green, the facilities on Priors Green, people know, and I think to argue that it's not sustainable is a, is a very difficult argument in that particular location. Right, thank you, Mr. Brown, and, and uh, Councillor Kant. Thank you, Chairman. And I listened to what the member of the parish council says, but um, I hope officers will confirm that um, as the authority that does not provide schooling, I think the only way this could be refused on the grounds of uh, primary school or indeed infrastructure uh, in terms of highways uh, would be if the county council had said to us uh, we cannot provide any school capacity in Uttlesford therefore you cannot build um, and we, this is a, a repeated problem that comes up time and time again but it, it is not within our remit and it isn't something we can do to refuse the planning per permission. 
uh, on an application because there is no room at a school. It is the responsibility of Essex County Council to provide those places and our understanding from when the officers came here is that they are working very hard to do that. Um, but um, I, I really don't feel we could refuse this application on those grounds. Thank you, Councillor Kant. Um, do you want to comment? I was, I was only going to say that's exactly correct in terms of that comment, yes. Thank you for that confirmation, Mr. Brown. And Councillor Ranger, you were next. And then Councillor Godwin and then Councillor Hicks. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I note that um, we don't have a condition on uh, the highways works. It's only an informative, and I wondered whether in the light of comment on the previous application we should have a condition rather than an informative on that. Um, and the address we had from public representation taking Councillor Kant's point, that was a personal observation, it wasn't the Parish Council that made that observation. Um, the, the value of the uh, contribution for education purposes is not identified in the papers and I wondered if that is known. Um, but my response to the representation we had was that the, that contribution brings the provision of school spaces closer. It's part of a fund that will eventually come up to the school and as Councillor Kent pointed out we don't have the power to make Essex County Council do anything um, other than make uh, funds available for them. Thank you Councillor Ranger. Do you want to comment on that specific point Mr Luke, Mr Mills? Um, Chairman, um, the, the, the figure you're right isn't, isn't in there. It will be set normally, um, well it is set by Essex County Council and that then flows straight into the legal agreement. It's set as you see on page 33 under 6.3 under the developer's contribution guidance, sorry, developer's guidance structure contributions which is the County Council document. So they're publicly available and it just, it, it works, it's a, it's a standard formula that is applied in the, in the legal agreements. Um, <coughs> so that, that it's just a standard amount, but I don't have top, top of my head. Uh, thank you. Um, Councillor Godwin, you were next, I think. Uh, yes, I, I'll declare an interest as a governor of a school which has also had problems through a neighbouring development. Um, it is incredibly frustrating when this council awards uh, either money or ask for land on these larger developments for school provision only to find that the county council turns around and says it's not necessary, it's not needed and land which has been offered is then sold back to the builders or, uh, in return for a contribution and there is a very classic example not a million miles away from here where they have had to squash another classroom uh, into the school they have just built. So I think we do need to perhaps take this up with Essex County Council that the schools are full, mainly the primary schools, not so much the secondary schools at, pro at present. And that, that by them not taking what has been offered fully uh, in forms of land and making available space for school provision, or larger school provision, I think we're doing the community a huge disservice here. Uh, Mr Taylor would like to comment on that. Um, I, I just wanted to um, clarify that statement slightly. Um, the school councillor Goblin is talking about is um, the new school in Prize Green. The, well, 
there is only one example um, that I'm aware of where that's happened. The legal agreement that Essex entered into allowed an additional piece of land to be purchased by Essex at a residential value, um, partly because at that time um, Essex uh, entered into their own agreements. Um, when it came to it, they decided they couldn't afford to purchase it at residential values, which is essentially understandable. Um, as you'll be aware now, um, to avoid uh, problems like that happening uh, again, we've uh, undertake to ensure that all, all those obligations are de dealt with through our legal agreement to ensure we have the control of that. And as you'll be aware, um, when Essex came to speak to us, they confirmed that they'd not handed back any money or land because the one we're talking about was never actually transferred. They've not hand, handed any land back or money back within the last 10 years. They have a very good record of actually delivering the education required within the district. And we do continue to work with them to ensure that we are delivering in accordance with the planning permissions that, we, uh, that, that you approve. Uh, thank you, Mr Taylor. Uh, we have two more speakers. Uh, Councillor Hicks for next. Uh, thank you, Chairman. <coughs> I just wanted to... Um, I say that it was very gratifying to hear Councillor Kent make the, the speech that she did, um, pointing out the fact that this uh, planning committee does not have the power to refuse applications on matters which are beyond our control, so that when it comes to um, education provision and uh, medical provision, um, we have to go to the appropriate authorities and be guided by what information they give us and, uh, and make our decisions in the light of those answers. And so uh, I think the public at large isn't aware of this and, doesn't, and thinks we have latitude which we don't have. And I think it's very uh, useful that Councillor Kent made this point and brought it out that we, we, we operate within very strict rules and guidelines and there is a limit to what uh, reasons we can offer for refusal of a planning application. Thank uh, you, Chair. Thank you, Councillor Hiss. But uh, Mr Taylor, did want to comment on that, just to make sure we get this absolutely right. I, I just want to clarify... We are being recorded, and, it, and to the outside world, remember, so the public are listening everywhere. I, I, I just want to clarify that. Um, the tenor of both Councillor Kent and Councillor Hicks is perfectly correct. Um, however, we, we can refuse planning permission for a range of different issues, including health and education, highways, etc. That is within our, your gift... Um, what we have to be sure of is if we're going down that, we have to be sure about our, the, the to be able to substantiate our reasons for refusal. And in that um, guise, as Mr Brown was saying earlier, we look towards the specific providers, education, highways, NHS, to back them up. And if they're not supporting that and saying it's fine by doing conditions or legal agreement, then that's when we, we, it's very difficult to substantiate it and we have to look towards those, those professional people who are within that field and say, well, their support there don't have an objection, so therefore we need to go with that. Uh, but I just wanted to clarify that. Thank you, Chair. I was just wondering whether we could possibly propose deferring this until we get proper information from Essex County Council of Education as to how much money they would be demanding with, with regard to this application and what provision they were going to make subsequently because we've been told that 15 children are already being bussed from Elstham. This would just add to the problem. Uh, we, we can get the exact amount. Respond. We'll come back to that. Uh, Councillor Easton. Got the mic right. <coughs> Thank you, Chairman. Um, on the question of landscaping at the front, 
I, I do feel that an informative is not going to really be strong enough. Um, in the report, the tree report mentioned in the officer's report, on, under conditions 3, page 39, um, the, the report in fact says none of the trees are worthy of a category, which is healthy, good, strong trees with uh, a life of 40 years ahead of them. The only tree of any value on, is the category B ash tree, and we now know, indeed, that it isn't an ash, it's an oak, and oaks are known to live for hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, the remaining trees are all of poor quality, are the self-seeded scrub, boundary thorns and plums. They're not all of poor quality, and in fact the report has missed out a, an important tree, the hornbeam, which is on the left of the site as you look at it from the opposite side of the road. Um, this is a wonderful tree to use in, in uh, hedges, and it's thoroughly recommended that, that this uh, hedge be, be formed as a barrier and, and, and not just ripped out and, and follow the cavalier attitude that some developers have um, to existing landscapes and their willingness to just rip all the trees out and use the land for building. I understand that they need to make a profit, but we also need to retain our existing um, and uh, and indeed enhance our existing um, landscaping. So I'd, I would like to see this as a condition, Chairman, not in the lines of what uh, Councillor Salmon suggested, and not just as an advisory. Um, could you be more specific in terms of what you want the condition to yes. say? Yes, there are, there are five major types of tree on the front. We've got, well, the, the report calls it a white poplar. In fact, it's a black poplar. There's hazel, field maple, hornbeam, blackthorn and the oak tree. Now I'm suggesting that those trees along the front be properly managed in the form of a hedge. They can be uh, the basis of a hedge which will last for hundreds of years. And I'm suggesting that they come down to what? 2.4 metres? 4 metres. And be managed as a hedge and that be used as a barrier between that and the road. I shall defer to uh, Mr Mills or Mr Taylor uh, to give us the technical uh, view on that. What about technical view? Um, uh, your mic's on. Um, on the, the circulated uh, paper... Mike, Bob. Bob, Mike. You won't hear me otherwise. Mike, Bob. Um, on, on the circulated paper, um, this is the amended condition three and four, the merged one that Mr Mills spoke about earlier. You'll see in the first paragraph, you've got two sentences, the second sentence... The details should indicate the trees to be retained and describe the measure taken to protect the trees, trees during construction. You could add in um, to that one the details should in indicate the trees to be retained to include details of the retention on the front boundary, which, which you were just specifically talking about, to pull in what Councillor Samuel was talking about and what you were talking about in terms of specifying within, the, within a condition rather than a, um, an informative, the front boundary that you were talking about. I think it would be too explicit at this stage to talk about exactly how to manage that going forward, but you're, you're setting that out quite clearly, and then within the body of the condition you're asking about the details of how to manage to be brought forward as part of that submission. Developers don't accept, Chairman, is that um, 
or what they have accepted, I should say, is that a report prepared by somebody who considers himself to be an expert witness on the back can't even identify, doesn't even know his ash from his... Yeah. Um, and, and I don't believe that suggesting something is going to be a strong enough uh, way of doing it. We should say a condition. This is a condition that we specify that the trees which are named are kept. Not just say, do what you like, but make sure it's a sound tree, a sound uh, hedge. We ought to specify it. And I can't see why we can't. Chairman, that's what I was suggesting. This is a condition, and I was suggesting we did specify it in that. It's specified to some extent already. It's saying that... I'm, I'm not talking... Well, that, yes, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the report. I'm talking about that condition there. The, the first paragraph, second sentence, talks about the details should indicate the trees to be retained. And I was going to say, if you add in a comma and then say to include those on the front boundary, da 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 da, da then that's very specific in terms of the ones to be retained and then talks about the measures to protect them during construction but then also talks about how they're going to be, the next bit is asking details how they're going to be managed and, and pushed further, maintained further. It's no good saying uh, shall indicate the trees to be retained. We, we just specify. Uh, well, I, I just think on that point, uh, Mr Taylor's been quite clear on how to describe it. The difficulty we would have is specifying uh, each of the individual trees is sitting here, we do not know whether it is appropriate or not to preserve them. And this will be, we have not done a tree inspection, so we can't make that decision. What we can do is to ask the condition be amended as Mr. Taylor has suggested, which makes it clear that somebody will determine that. Which would be us? Yeah, I, which would be the District Council. You know. Yes, yes, not the developer. It would be the landscaping officer, Ben Smeaton. Does that satisfy you, Councillor Easton? Thank you. Thank you very much. We continue on. We had um, uh, Councillor Manell. Thank you, Chairman. We've just taken away one of the things I was going to say, but I want to second the recommendation for deferral unless uh, Mr Brown comes back with more information. And to defer on the grounds of inadequate information following the information that has been produced by the Parish Council re-primary school provision. Uh, as you spoke, Councillor Manell, um, Mr. Brown hot-footed back, armed with data. Are you comfortable to, uh, to report to us, Mr. Brown? The actual um, primary school contribution um, from the county's letters dated the uh, 26th of February was that they were asking, seeking a contribution of £43,789 pounds as a contribution towards primary education. And that's based upon, obviously, there's... The primary school contribution would be 43789 Secondary not required. It's based... Uh, no, that's total, Councillor Salmon. You are being ambitious. Yeah, and also on the secondary school stuff, it says that although a secondary school child, children will be entitled to free school transport, it's anticipated there will be sufficient capacity on existing buses and therefore no additional cost to Essex County Council is expected. So there's no, no requirement for secondary school provision. The first question, does that knowledge um, assist councillors Mackman and Manell uh, in our understanding of, of the contribution that's going to be made towards education? No. Not really. 
because as we've, we've already been told that 15 children are being bussed from, Elst from uh, Takeley to Elstenham as we stand. So I'd, I'd really like to know where this money is going to go. Um, well, on, on that basis, it's, it seems like we, 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 we need to vote on the question of a deferral if we have a proposer and seconder, and we would do that next. Uh, Mr. Perry? We do. Uh, so I suggest we go up to the vote on the issue of deferral, uh, the proposal being that we defer this in order to ascertain more details about primary school education in, in the Camford area. In that case, the matter is deferred uh, to another occasion. Um, we move on to UTT 14-0585, and um, Ms. Jones is going to uh, start us off. For those who didn't attend, this was the second... Now it was, it was the first field visit yesterday. Um, this application relates to a site of 0.29 hectares, which is located on the edge of Takeley, outside development limits in the countryside protection zone. To the west of the site is a modern residential estate, to the east is a Grade 2 listed building which is run as a, run a, run as a bed and breakfast. Um, opposite is the Takeley Business Centre and there's a further listed building here. Here is an aerial view of the site. All existing trees and hedges to the boundaries are to be retained, save for those in the new access, which is about here. Access to Smith's Green is here and this is the listed building to the front and that's the listed building to the rear. The proposal is for six dwellings. The density would be 21 dwellings per hectare. A new vehicular access would be created and this slide shows the original layout submitted which has a parking court to the front of the site. The proposal has been revised and the next slide shows the new layout. The new layout omits the parking court and retains the vegetation and pond to the front of the site. The application is for four two-bedroom semi-detached dwellings and two three-bedroom semi-detached dwellings. The application provides an acceptable mix of dwellings. Each dwelling has two parking spaces and there would also be two additional visitor parking spaces. One of the two bedroom units would be for affordable housing. All of the units provide adequate amenity spaces and parking provision. It is considered that the proposal would not result in any material detrimental impact to a neighbour's amenity by way of overlooking, overshadowing or overbearing nature. This slide shows the um, proposed elevations and this um, shows the floor plan. The proposal is recommended for approval subject to a section 106 agreement and conditions. 
Thank you very much, uh, Ms. Jones. Um, we have a, a speaker. Um, it's, it's Councillor Bagnall this time, is it? <laughs> yes, except Councillor Bagnall is now back in a, wearing a different hat or whatever the phrase is. Thank you very much, Mr. Chairman. Um, well, you won't be surprised to hear that I'm going to say something very similar. Um, so these properties are not part of the 300 that I mentioned to you before, and it's exactly the same argument. Um, I think um, I would draw your attention to section 5 in your notes, which call out the history and tell you that this was refused previously and was refused at appeal as well. Uh, for very good reason. It, it does nothing for the area and it, uh, that area requires a buffer so the inspector has called out that there is nothing that outweighs the detrimental effect of it uh, and I think, there's, um, I think the officer's report suggests that time has moved on uh, and I would suggest to you there are two material changes to the appeal. One is that it is now six instead of eight and the other one is that if you look along the front there where it says new access, you now have a brand new walk to school route with school children walking along there. So we are, we are deeply against this as a parish council on health and safety grounds because we would not want children being knocked over by cars entering that site. It's completely inappropriate to have a site access there uh, and we recognise it's a contained site but the owners should be on the developer to work out a different access if they feel it's essential to have those properties. I would argue if we've got 300 in the pipeline, a lot of which are affordable housing, we do not need these. So this is the community telling you that we do not need these houses. Uh, I've heard why you recommend them on provision of section 106 monies again. That's not enough. Uh, and I would just quickly say as well, I find it offensive that certain people around this table are abdicating their responsibility in terms of making sure they do the right things for the community. It's not good enough to say it's down to the county council to make provision for schooling and just say we can't refuse it on that basis. I think it's absolutely essential that people around this table ask serious questions and if they have to defer, which I understand you did on the last one, I think that's the right answer, to look at is it sensible to approve ever more, ever more, ever more and get no new skills built? Because we all know that Essex County Council have a large coffer of money for schooling provision and they haven't used it. So we're not getting new schools. So I think it's about time the people representing the community stood up and represented the community. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Councillor Bagnall. We have, uh, we have no further speakers. Um, I'm amazed. Oh, there's a hand up. Thank you, Councillor Monell. Let's get us started. Yes, sorry, this is a trivial remark, really, but I've read some daft things in reports before, but how on earth do you relocate two grass snakes, which is in the ecology report? Uh, you pick them up by their tail. <laughs> Councillor Mackman, are you, are you talking frogs or snakes? Carry on. Thank you, Chair. Um, I personally am minded to propose that we refuse this on the basis that it seems to contradict S7, S8, ENV2 and ENV4, although I'm prepared to be persuaded that ENV4 might not be relevant. Um, Mr Mackman, does, does your, um, your proposal find a seconder? Councillor Berry. 
Um, okay. Um, are there any questions before we move this further? Uh, right. Okay. Um, it has been. Uh, you want to respond? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, I can understand um, S7 and S8, and for those that don't have the room to the top of their head, that's countryside and um, uh, countryside protection zone. It would be useful to me if you could outline how you feel ENV2, I, the development effects list of building, how you, could, how you can in, uh, explain to me how that happens, how, for, for my understanding. On ENV4, this isn't an ancient monument site, so it would need to be on the archaeological importance. Uh, I'll caution against that because the Essex archaeological advice on page 45 is clear that there's no objection subject to conditions. So I'd err not using ENV4, but I'd like an explanation of how the proposal affects the list of buildings, please, if that's possible. Um, Councillor, Mac Councillor Eastman is asking a question, or are you making a comment? If uh, Councillor Mackman is suggesting those policies that he's mentioned, would Gen 7 not also be relevant? Impact on Mr. conservation. Taylor, Mr. Taylor will comment. Hmm? This currently is, a, is a, effectively a wildlife buffer. It goes to the points in terms of the, an ecological information. So when we look at page 46, uh, Essex Ecology have looked at it for us. There are experts on this, and they don't raise an objection in relation to ecology. What we'd normally use this if we're going to refuse it on this sort of ground is if there's an objection on ecological grounds or it harms a site of special scientific interest or something in relation to that, as opposed to it's an ec ecological buffer, as you've said. So I, I need to understand how or what information you have that would contradict Essex Ecology, who have obviously the experts and looked at this to say, you know, therefore there is a, a reason to say there's a contradicts that policy. Mr Chairman, it is a wild site. And that as far as conservation is concerned and ecology is concerned, is good enough. That houses a multitude of, of uh, species. Um, and yes, I, I, this I, in I, itself is a general subject a general um, policy and uh, yeah the, a nature, has a nature conservation s survey been done for every species? All species that are relevant Chairman yes which is why uh, Essex um, have asked for certain mm. things and looked at various studies and you can see their comments on 8.9 um, my advice is that it's not relevant to this, this case Right, Councillor Mackman, you want to come back? Uh, yes, thank you very much, Chair. Uh, I'll ex uh, as I said when I put forward the uh, policy reasons, said I was prepared to negotiate ENV4 away, but could we replace that with ENV3, open spaces and trees? Mr Taylor will advise us. Um, it is a more, it's a more of a subjective um, policy. Um, we you see the 
again, I mean, this is our landscaping advice. You see this on page 46. Um, this is our landscape officer who's commented on the proposal. It is more subjective, um, perhaps, than the archaeological point of view. It's something that can be argued, but the officer wouldn't be able to support it because he obviously assessed that and considers it's acceptable. Mr. Lewis, you want to comment further? Specifically, our policy Gen 7 relates to protected species or habitats suitable for protected species. That is habitat suitable for protected species. It doesn't necessarily say that the protected species is there, but it says this could be used by protected species, which is effectively what Gen 7 says. And the rest of that sentence that you haven't read says a nature conservation survey will be required, which has been submitted and assessed. This, this, this policy uh, sets out when a survey is going to be required and the basis of that how to assess it. So, yes, I'm not disputing that it might be a habitat, but the relevant survey has been done, submitted and assessed. That's the first part. And, and our, our ecological advisers say there is no harm which can't be mitigated through conditions. That's what I'm saying. Um, I, I, would, I would suggest we, we don't want to flog a dead horse here and, and find endless policies. If you think you have two r real policies that support a, a refusal, um, that's the kind of simple way to go, I would suggest. I would prefer to stick with S7, S8 and EMV2, but uh, I'm prepared to negotiate EMV2 away if my seconder wishes. I need to remind myself who the seconder was. Oh, Councillor Perry, yes. How, do you mind, how are you minded on this matter, Councillor Perry? Okay, so we, we, we have a proposer and a seconder uh, to re refuse this application on the grounds that Mr Taylor has listed, which he might read out. Um, that the, it's, the proposal is harmful to the countryside, and therefore S7, um, the Countryside Protection Zone, the S8, and I didn't catch Councillor Perry, but I think it was, um, and they were harm harmful to listed building, the NV2. Was that? I mean, I mean, my advice is not to use it because there's no objection to that. But we just use the, the okay. S7 and S8. Right. If if there are no further questions, then we will go to the vote. It has been proposed, has been proposed and accepted that this application is refused. All those in favour, please show. Uh, in that case, the application is refused. You're pretending to be Mr. Theobald, correct? I yes. am, yes. <laughs> I won't do it in a deep voice. <laughs> Members will remember this uh, application uh, from being deferred uh, from the 4th of June planning committee. 
Um, a copy of the officer's previous report has been appended on page 62 of the agenda. The application was deferred to enable the officers to request additional information on ecological assessment as insufficient information had been submitted. Also um, seeking the agreement to enter into a section 106 agreement to provide a financial contribution towards affordable housing. Since the meeting, the applicant has submitted an ecological survey and a unilateral agreement. Details of the ecological report have been highlighted in section 3 of the report. County Ecology have raised no objection on the report's findings subject to suitable conditions. The proposal has also, um, ha is now considered to comply with policy Gen 7 and as such the second reason for refusal within the original officer's report has now been addressed and removed. The unilateral obligation now received from the applicant solicitor states that the applicant agrees to pay the council's, sorry, to pay affordable housing contribution. Similarly, um, refusal three of the original officer's report is now also removed. Notwithstanding the above uh, made changes um, to the officer's um, recommendation, and the officer still considers that the site represents an unsustainable form of residential development at this development location. As such, reason for refusal one of the original report still remains. Therefore, the development is recommended for refusal on the grounds outlined on page 61, um, and therefore uh, a reason for refusal still stands. Thank you, Chairman. Right. Thank you very much, um, Ms. Shrewsmith. Uh, we have uh, one speaker on this, which is the agent, um, Ms. Lucy Carpenter. Thank you, Chair and members of the committee. I just want to say a few things to reiterate what I said to you a couple of months ago. Um, the applicant is Harvey and Palmer. He's not a developer, but he bought the site a number of years ago to build a house for himself and also for his mother. The intention now is to still live in one of the houses that he proposes to build. About a year ago, we started negotiations with the Parish Council to see, firstly, if they'd support the development and secondly, what kind of development they'd like to see here. Um, initially, we started off for, with a row, a terrace of smaller cottages, and following the three meetings that Harvey or myself went to, we um, came up with a scheme before you, which is for two detached houses, because the parish council felt that they supported that, and they actually wanted housing to help support the local services. In terms of sustainability, um, the aspect in respect of accessibility to shop services and facilities, Although Debden Green has nothing itself, at the end of the road, 115 metres away in Bolford Street, there's a bus stop and there are actually three buses a day that go to areas such as Thaxted, Stansted Airport, Saffronwald and Bishop Stortford and so on. And they start early in the morning and finish late in the evening. So I consider that it is sustainable in that respect because it would be possible to reside here and use public transport and not have the use of a private car. And that actually is quite unusual in the district of Uttlesford. In terms of the environmental aspect of sustainability, as you can see from the layout plan up there, the site is an infill plot. That is, it's a restricted width in an otherwise built-up frontage. The rest of the frontage doesn't have any gaps or open spaces, so this is unusual in that respect. 
Unfortunately, I don't agree with the officers that it's of environmental quality. It is a scrappy dumping ground. There are no trees or hedges that are worthy of preservation, and the site is actually dominated by a massive great big electricity pylon which is at the rear of the site. I consider that by developing this site with two high-quality houses and the implementation of some substantial landscaping, we can actually improve its appearance in the street scene and incorporate measures such as trees and hedges along the frontage. And lastly, something that came up in the last meeting was that members, some of the members didn't like the provision of the parking at the rear. I'd just like to say that all matters are reserved here. So the scheme before you for two houses, um, the two houses are proposed, but in respect of their layout, car parking access and so on, all of that is reserved for future consideration and negotiation with officers. And finally, I'd just like to say that when I spoke to Nigel Brown and Clive Theobald regarding this, they said that it was a finely balanced decision. I just urge members to approve this and grant planning permission for two detached houses. Thank you. Right, thank you very much. Um, right, Councillor Rangers, you're off the mark. Thanks, Chairman. Um, I'd like to try and bring into the equation something that we were unable to discuss before because we went to... Um, deferment quite early on and that's the size and the scale of the properties in relation to those adjacent and in the street. Have we any information on those, although it's only outline I know, but these do appear to be quite large. Are we talking about the, the width and the height? Plot 1, um, which is this property here, measures out at 7.5 metres and similarly the plot 2 as well. In terms of the adjacent properties, Uh, they are of similar height as well. I'm, I'm looking around. I'm, I'm somewhat staggered. Ah, oh, Councillor Magman. Yes, I knew there was someone. Yes, thank you. Councillor Magman. I'm sorry, I don't stand out in the crowd, obviously. Uh, surprisingly enough, I'm actually quite happy with this application. Uh, I think that they've addressed the matters that concerned us previously. There's a contribution towards affordable homes. An ecology study has been done and accepted by Essex County Council. Therefore, I would like to propose that we accept this. Right. Thank you very much, Councillor Mackman. Do you find a seconder? Councillor Godwin, are you... Yes, I'm you prepared to, to speak? second this. I'm just looking at landscaping issues, but of course we haven't got any... Because uh, it's a recommendation for refusal, we haven't got any there. But... Um, I'll be very keen that well, we preserve what landscaping we possibly can because it's, it's quite a, a dense row there. 
Well, well, clearly we can add a condition um, if you wish to approve uh, in respect of landscaping. Sorry, could you repeat? Uh, uh, we, we clearly could, uh, if, yeah. if, if members were minded to approve, we could add a condition in yes. respect of landscaping. The reserve matters include landscaping, yes. so um, a, a condition will be placed on that as well. Thank you very much. Um, are there any further member questions? Well, it, it's been... Um, uh Chairman, before, before a vote, can I just um, check that we are seeking to secure as part of a Section 106, I know the actual has been submitted, but we need to have that in the recommendation to secure that, the provision of affordable housing contribution, um, and then uh, a, a range of um, conditions, obviously, that we'd see. So there is... Sorry? Well, uh, uh, the normal range of conditions, uh, as in an outline application with all matters reserved, they would have a range of conditions that would seek to, to secure those going forward. just want to check that's part of the recommendation. Okay, so could I, could I say that, uh, yes, we'd like to seek, seek, uh, secure the 106 agreement and the standard range of conditions. Right. Um, thank you very much. Okay. It has now been uh, proposed and accepted that we... <laughs> the words now. <laughs> we, we actually um, approved this application, contrary to the officer's recommendation. Uh, we'll go to the vote. Uh, all those in favour, please show. Those against? Those abstaining? Just before you speak, Ms. Matheson, I, I would um, uh, let members know this is the last occasion that Ms. Matheson will be making uh, an appearance in front of us. Um, she has been um, identified for stardom uh, and is uh, moving uh, uh, to Chelmsford, and her next appearance will be, no doubt, before the City of Chelmsford uh, Planning Committee. So um, we wish you every success in Chelmsford and uh, every success on your last flight with us, as it were. Thank you, Chair. Um, this application uh, relates to a site in, uh, or to the south of Barnston, outside the village. Um, it's quite a large site and has a number of um, commercial buildings on it already um, with commercial activity. Um, I'm sorry, this isn't a very clear map. But, um, there was planning permission granted in 2006 for the erection of three buildings in relation to the commercial activity. One of them, in this, this area here, has been constructed and is in use. And then there were another two buildings separately in this position. This application seeks um, revision of the two buildings located in this area and the replacement of them by one single building of a similar footprint and um, overall similar size. It also proposes a further building in this position, um, which would be to provide storage for vehicles. 
the activity on the site is um, relating to um, all sorts of land drainage, um, some of it agricultural, some of it relating to highways works. Um, it's, it's quite diverse. There is still some agricultural um, development or agricultural uses on the site as well, as it was originally a farm. And uh, the applicant's business has grown and they now consider that they need a further agricultural building, which is, um, sorry, further storage building for vehicles, which is this, this uh, location. And uh, they would like, instead of the two buildings, they would prefer to see one building of a similar size of the two combined. So the, the buildings themselves would have a fairly industrial appearance, although um, it equally is quite similar to modern agricultural buildings which are commonly found in the countryside. This would be the, the larger of the two, um, which, as I said, is uh, effectively a combination of two that have previously been approved and could be constructed at any time as the permission has been implemented. The further building for the vehicle storage is this, this one. Um, it would have a lower eaves height at the rear, uh, and this would be the view shown to... Um, there are two residential properties to the south which are within the applicant's control. One is the original farmhouse and a converted barn. So the, the position of this building would actually provide screening from the commercial activities to the residential uses to the south. On the basis of the buildings being uh, required for the expansion of the existing business, which is lawful, and taking into account the extent permission for the additional two buildings on the site, the application is considered to be acceptable and is recommended for conditional approval. Uh, thank you very much. Um, yes, th there are no speakers on this, so we'll go straight to you, Councillor Salmon. Thank you, Chairman. I would like to recommend that uh, we accept the approval of this barn and wish her well in the future. I see a number of hands way. going up. Uh, are they seconders to that? Uh, so Councillor Dave wishes to second it. Uh, are there any questions from members? So it has um, been proposed and seconded and we approve this application. All those in favour, please show. Uh, the application is approved. Uh, well done on your last flight. Uh, we move on to um, UTT 14 stroke 1549 and Ms. Schuster comes back in again. very much. Um, members' attention is drawn to the supplementary representations which has been circulated and also a schedule of amendments which has also been uh, circulated to yourselves outlining amendments to the conditions um, which have been suggested within the report. Members will remember this site from a previous application relating to nine chalet bungalows which was proposed to be located along this part of the application site. Um, this application has not been implemented and the application still remains extant, um, which was dealt with back in 2012. The application is for the erection of a pair of semi-detached dwellings and, a, and one detached dwelling um, to the rear of um, the former Uva restaurant which is located on Cambridge Road, um, High Street. 
The application site is located to the west of Cambridge Road um, and the Uva building, which is a Grade 2 listed building. The proposed dwellings will take its access from the existing um, access point um, from the main road here. The rear of the application site along here, um, along this boundary, is fenced off um, open space which is located to the rear here um, which backs onto properties run fronting uh, Benfield Gardens which are located along here. The proposal uh, would be two storeys, uh, three bedroom dwellings which would have eave heights of five metres and a maximum ridge height of 9.2 metres. The proposed materials will be of render and brick with clay plain tiles and UPVC fenestration. Two parking spaces will be provided um, for each of the units and a two metre high uh, screen wall is proposed to be located here um, to segregate um, the, um, the proposed dwellings from the existing donor building. Comments received uh, relating to the application have been outlined within the report in section 7 to 9. The application site lies within the development limits of Stansted and therefore there is no principal objection to the development. The erection of dwellings to this site would be compatible with the settlement's character and has a density of 38 dwellings per hectare. Parking provision um, which is proposed to the front of the dwellings um, meets parking standards. The garden sizes fall just short of the recommended um, 100 square metres uh, for three bedroom dwellings. However, given the site's location and vicinity um, near green spaces and the public amenity land, um, it is considered to be acceptable in this instance. The dwellings comply with back-to-back -back distances of 25 metres to prevent any overlooking from neighbouring properties. Due to the application's nature and locality of the site, no significant impact is considered would result from, the, uh, from the form of the any form of traffic movement and associated noise and disturbance from the scheme. Therefore, no objection is raised in this respect. There are no ecological issues that arise from the proposed development. The applicant confirms that a financial contribution um, towards affordable housing would be provided and a unilateral agreement has been submitted. It should be noted that a previous identical application was resolved to be granted planning permission subject to a section 106 agreement under delegated powers. However, due to the delay in signing the agreement, this was refused. This application is its resubmission and is identical to that. Overall, the proposed development is considered to be acceptable. Approval is recommended subject to a section 106 um, agreement, um, sorry, the unilateral agreement and conditions with the recommended addition and amendments that have been circulated before you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Shrewsbury. There are no uh, speakers uh, to this, so we'll go straight to members' questions. And I see Mr. Councillor Ranger was up early. Thank you, Chairman. I'm slightly uneasy about this one. When we approved the chalets, um, the parking was for the chalets was was reasonable and uh, doable and obviously they would only be they were holiday lets here we're looking at 
uh, permanent residential at the back of the site. And I, I think, Maria, you said that we'd use the existing access, but in fact it's not. They're proposing a new access, cutting down the side, rather than the existing crossover um, there. And I've got a feeling that, looking at that layout, that I'm not sure that the parking in front of the houses works, and I think we're going to lose parking in the, in the pub or restaurant uh, area now. Um, and I'm, I'm uneasy about that. Thank you, Councillor Ranger. Uh, Councillor Mackman, you were next, I think. Uh, actually, I thought that the uh, traffic generated by three houses would be less than nine chalets, but uh, I, I'm minded to uh, recommend that we accept the um, recommendation. Conditional approval subject to the various obligations. Uh, thank you, Councillor Mackman. Does that find a seconder? I will, I will second the, the proposal. Are there any, uh, any further questions? Uh, Councillor Perry. Thank you, Chairman. Perhaps if we change the garden size to amenity size, it would be intolerance levels, but let's move on quickly. The uh, supplementary guidance, the UDC Access Inequalities Officer's uh, concern, you said you referred to it, but you didn't say if that was going to be considered as a condition. Is that now going to be considered a condition or not? And if so, why not? Chairman, there should be a circulated staple two, two sheets. Yes. And, and in green on the last page, on the third page, um, you will see uh, condition 12, and it also picks up a couple of others, removal of permitted development rights at condition 11, and a couple of other minor amendments throughout the conditions. Are you satisfied with that, Councillor Perry? That's very good. Okay, we move on to Councillor Kent. Thank you, Chairman. Um, could I ask Mr Taylor, isn't this more or less exactly the same scheme that we approved previously? Chairman, it's not quite the same. No, it was, um, uh, there were, I think, as Councillor Lanton said, there were, there were more. Um, if you look on the top of page 77, we approved nine chalets um, as, as holiday lets, so it was a sort of shared parking arrangement, partly with the pub, partly in front as well. So it was a slightly different scheme. I mean, it was, we certainly were looking at additional built form in this location, just a sort of slightly different amount of built form. And you, you didn't approve the three detached rooms. I uh, think that's clever because the, the contribution that you've got that, That's right. Um, as it says, and I think Mr. Shoesmith said, they didn't sign the obligation within the necessary time. And I think we, we discussed it with them and, and they couldn't sign it, so it was refused rather than hanging it around for ages. My, my query is, if, if, we, if in March 2014, or just prior to that, we gave permission for three detached houses, uh, what is the difference? The planning committee, rather than that it, it actually went through, but at committee, I thought we gave permission. No. No. no, it was through delegated powers, wasn't it? Yes. O officers granted permission for three houses, but, they, but the agreement was not signed, therefore it didn't happen. But the principle of three houses on the site was already uh, agreed. Uh, 
All those against? Uh, any abstentions? Must be one. Thank you very much. Um, the application is approved. Thank you, Chairman. Hopefully this one's very straightforward. Uh, members will recall um, in 2012 that we approved planning permission on this particular site. All that is, this is a site within Great Chesterford, um, in this particular location here. Um, it's within the existing grounds of the existing property Dells, where the issues were going to sorted out in terms of the access. What was approved was, unfortunately haven't got the original drawings, but the what was approved was a traditional dwelling to the front with a similar situation towards the rear. All that has changed is on the rear elevation there's additional glazing on there. Originally there was going to be um, less, less, less windows in that particular elevation. Um, they've now, it is a bit more than what could be considered as a non-material amendment but it is considered an acceptable amendment. Uh, the, the Council's Conservation Officer supports the application, has no objections, and the application is recommended for approval, Chairman. Thank you very much, uh, Mr Brown. Um, members recognise this is a fellow Councillor's application, why it has come to us. Um, under normal circumstances, we, of course, would, wouldn't have seen this. Um, right, questions? Councillor Perry. As of such a minor difference, I'll be willing to approve the recommendation from the officers. Uh, and I see a, a bunch of gallant gentlemen wish to, uh, wish to second your proposal. Um, are there any qu further questions? Uh, it has been um, uh, proposed and seconded, uh, this application for approval. All those in favour, please show. The application is approved uh, unanimously. Thank you very much. That brings us to the end of the formal applications list and therefore we now move to item 5 um, uh, right, well, we're now waiting for Mr Taylor to return he's gone looking for maps or something or While we're waiting, are all members comfortable? Um, right. Um, well done, Mr. Davy. You're man enough to face up to the situation. Um, I'm going to declare a three-minute comfort break to help Mr. Davy and uh, Councillor Davy and, uh, and, and others. <laughs>
will recommence. Um, we now move to. She's gone. Yeah. Uh, we now move to um, UTT 142917, and uh, Mr. Brown is going to uh, lead us back to Elsenham. Thank you, Chairman. Um, my members, this is the Chief Officer's report, and the reason this is back at committee is, is, is two main reasons, to be honest. Uh, members recall this was approved at, or resolution to approve um, planning permission at the meeting on the 12th of February. Uh, that followed a deferral from the committee in January. Uh, members have also visited the site. The section 106 that was associated with that has now been completed, uh, but planning permission has not yet been issued. Um, there has been quite a lot of third-party input following the resolution to approve, uh, which has included legal services and included the Chief Executive in terms of it. Um, and two matters have arisen which, for clarification, members just need to confirm that in approving planning permission, they considered that particular issue, or there are two particular issues. The first issue relates to the relationship between these proposed dwellings here and the property there. Members will recall when they visited the site, we actually stood in that particular location. Members were concerned about the relationship of the proposed dwelling in that location to that dwelling, um, both in terms of overlooking, etc. Uh, and in response to that, and that was one of the reasons why it was deferred from January until February, um, the, the ap applicant revised that particular plot to be away from that property and also to avoid any direct overlooking. What has also emerged is that whether members or not considered the impact of these properties upon that property as well. Part of the proposal, um, also the other reason why it was deferred, was issues around the clustering of the affordable housing. Originally there was a cluster of 13 affordable housings in this location and in response to members they took two of those, they actually substituted two for two so therefore, they, therefore you ended up with a cluster, whoops, a cluster of 11 here and two affordable housing were placed here, sorry here and so the situation was there was no alterations in the house type it literally was designated an affordable housing so we just need to be satisfied that members were, had considered the impact between that property, those properties and that. I think members did, but it's not explicitly shown within the committee, either in the report to committee or within the discussions from, from the meeting. And so members just need to cons consider that. The second issue that was silent within the committee report was the impact, not on highway safety, but on highway upon the amenity of these, adjo these adjoining properties going through the existing house wood. Um, you know, at the moment it's a cul-de-sac up to there and it would result in a cul-de-sac up to here. So therefore there would be additional traffic. Although members considered, I think members did discuss this, but I think, it, again, it hasn't been explicitly shown within the committee report in terms of the impact on amenity from the, the increased use of, of Halswood. Not highway safety in terms of amenity. So what members are requested to do is to consider those two particular issues and the recommendation is to reconfirm the planning permission granted. Thank you very much, Mr. Brown. Now, we do have a number of speakers um, uh, uh, on this matter. We have had officers impersonating other officers this afternoon, and we now have Maggie Cox impersonating two, not one, district councillors. Uh, so we have statements for, uh, in respect of councillors Mawson and Park. Okay. Thank you, this is a statement from Councillor Mawson. 
Um, dear Chairman, the proposal was carried on, on the last occasion it came before this committee by your casting vote. The main concern of residents was the change of access from the public house to Hales Wood itself because of its proximity to the primary school and because it would now serve both access and egress to and from the site with consequent increasing traffic risk. In this context, ALP GN1 states that development will only be permitted if it fits the following criteria. Access to the main road must be capable of carrying traffic generated by the development safety and must not compromise road safety and must take into account the needs of cyclists, pedestrians, public transport users, horse riders and people whose mobility is impaired. Failure to comply is a breach of health and safety law and the fundamental principle of safeguarding children. Moreover, the school is now becoming a two-form entry from September, which will increase the busy movement in the vicinity. Further concern is about additional tra traffic which will inevitably travel along this route from the already approved three developments in Elsenham, exacerbating an already potential potentially dangerous piece of road. The governing body of the school are totally opposed to this application because of the given reasons. It should also be noted that decision of change of access from the public house to the Haleswood entrance was never discussed with the governors by the developer. Furthermore, single access and egress can increase the likelihood of such access and egress being made inaccessible. Given that Haleswood has the second highest ratio of dwellings per hectare in Elsenham with associated extensions and garage this reduces the road capacity already to a concerning range of just 4.2 metres. Chairman, these factors will inevitably add to the increase of traffic congestion and associated risk. I therefore urge the committee to rethink and vote down this proposal. Many thanks for your time. And now this is, this, this is a statement from Councillor Parr. Dear members of the planning committee, unfortunately I am working today and regret that I can't be here. The last time this application was before you, I drew your attention to the fact that there have been over 330 letters of objection. They all oppose the two planning applications submitted by Charles Church to develop the agricultural land adjacent to Hales Wood. The application has been brought back to you today and I would like you to consider that this site is outside of development limits for the village and is therefore contrary to policies ENV5, SP1, SP5, GPP5.9 and SP12. The new housing will overlook existing homes and gardens, resulting in a loss of privacy to existing residents. Indeed, part of the reason this application has been brought back to the committee is because of the effect of this development will have on number 59 Hales Wood. This issue has not been addressed and is of significant concern. There are still environmental concerns with this application. It falls within environment agency Crown Water Protected protected zone as the development will be built on top of a cover, a managed water resource. This makes it contrary to policy GEN3 as piling could infiltrate and damage the water supply. The applicant has still not addressed the fact that the development is 200 millimetres higher than the existing homes. Therefore, in times of heavy downpour, which we have recently witnessed, surface water is likely to run off and risk flooding numbers 10, 30 and 59 Hales Wood. The promise of unenforced school drop-off zone is not a reason to allow this development. The land west of Hall Road development, which was recently given planning permission, will more than adequately fulfil this need and in a much safer way. 
I urge the Planning Committee to refuse this application for the policy reasons I have stated. This application has been turned down by this committee once before and the applicant has not addressed the issues sufficiently. Elsnum is already increasing by 50% in the next few years. As a community, we do not need this development as it offers nothing but risks for residents. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Ms. Cox. Um, we have uh, two further speakers, and the next is the objector, uh, Robert Bailey. <coughs> Chairman, members of the Planning Committee. In this new recommendation, it appears Mr Brown has actually not fully addressed the very real and overbearing impact of the design layout will have on the property of number 59, Howells Wood. The two semi-detached houses next to us were never discussed at the planning meeting. Even though we advised of our deepest worries in our letters about the overbearing impact these three houses located together in such close proximity to our own would have on us. I would like to draw your attention to the fact that the development design fails to meet many criteria laid down by the guidelines, which are there to protect residents. Guidance on the government portals state, design layouts which can locate fronts of houses overlooking the rear gardens should be avoided, as such layouts provide an unsatisfactory relationship between dwellings and can adversely affect privacy and reduce safety in terms of crime prevention, and have been used by this committee as reasons for refusal in the past. The Essex Design Guard states, where new development backs on the rear of existing houses, is existing residents are entitled to a greater degree of privacy to their garden boundary. The terminology is explicit. There is no should be. It states that we are entitled to a greater degree of privacy. The developer's design layout has given no consideration to the loss of privacy to the rear of our property. I, guidance also states that the number of dwellings should be limited if served by single access for reasons of safety and amenity. Howeswood is a residential cul-de-sac, not an estate, as Mr Brown suggests in the recommendations. The Essex Design Guide clearly states that there are, should be a tendency to construct networks from linked roads rather than from cul-de-sacs. Best practice states that car movement should not dominate the local streets, but the new design with only one point of access will encourage more vehicular movements along Howells Wood and result in considerable loss of amenity to the residents, especially most of the dwellings do not have front gardens but directly on the road. With the school expanding from two forms to a two-form entry and ever growing, Howells Wood represents the only lawful, easily available parking for parents. This represents a material change. We look to you, members of the Planning Committee, to please recognise the guidance and not ignore it. It is there to protect the existing residents from inappropriate development and the huge detrimental impact this development will have on our home and on the homes of our neighbours and the community. Thank you. Thank you, Mr Bailey. Um, then we finally have the agent, uh, Mr Parsons. Oh, oh, sorry. It's Mickey Parsons, right? Is that right? Yes, yes thank no. you. My apologies. <laughs> Okay, thanks, Chair. Um, I, th I think the committee need to be absolutely clear here. What you're being asked to consider is that, or to confirm, is that you took on board the impact of this development on number 59 when you determined it, and that you also were fully aware of the fact that the site was used, the access for the site was coming out of Hellswood, and therefore the consequential impact of that on amenity. The comments that we've heard today, both from the councillors and from the local residents, 
or revisit the principle of this development. That principle was fully considered by this committee and I attended both meetings and the site visit, so I'm aware of what was considered at the time you made your decision. Nothing has changed aside from the fact that this site is now featured in your submitted local plan as an identified site for housing and it's also part of your housing trajectory and therefore part of your five-year land supply. I therefore urge you to accept your, recommenda your officer's recommendation. Right, um, Councillor Davey. Just one point on Councillor Parr's statement. She was incorrect. There's, this site has not been previously refused by this committee. Um, it was deferred and then approved, a resolution to approve by this committee, not previously. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Brown. Right, uh, uh, Councillor Davey, you're uh, off. Uh, yes, just a, a, a point of order, really, uh, and that is I didn't attend that meeting, the last one, uh, where that decision was made. So, should I be taking part in this uh, that, uh, shaking of the head from Mr. Perry? Um, that's fine. You, you, you think you have your answer, do you? Very good. Um, Councillor Ranger, you were up for a question? Yes, thank you, Chairman. Um, Going straight to the point here, I remember the application. I remember discussing in the initial one, um, plot 59 being um, affected. And when the application came back to us, I was happy that that had been addressed. Um, we were fully aware of the traffic implications. We exercised all those concerns that people raised. And in regard to the swapping around of the um, affordable and the social housing, it doesn't matter to me who lives in what house. Um, I, I, I'm fully prepared to stand by our original decision and I'm recommending that we accept the officer's recommendation. Right, um, th thank you, Councillor Ranger. Do, do you have a second of that proposal? Uh, yes, Chairman. I agree with everything Councillor Ranger has said, strangely do you, enough. Do you, do you wish to speak further? Or uh, I don't think there's a great deal more to say. I just think the, the, uh, the issues were aired adequately, as the officers uh, believe they remember, but weren't quite sure. And uh, I think the matters were discussed and taken into consideration, the two issues, at the time the decision was made. And uh, so I su suggest we should confirm the original decision. Um, right, thank you very much, Councillor Hicks. Just before we do that, we'll let a couple of members uh, get their minds clear. Councillor Kant. Uh, thank you, Chairman. Uh, the coach actually dropped us off at the top of Haleswood in the um, turning head at the top, and we did walk backwards the whole length of um, Haleswood to the main road to go round to the front of the site. And so we did actually um, look at all the parking at the houses and the parking that they had um, and in fact the turning circle which allowed parking at the top there so in, in that respect we were fully aware of, of what was going on in that site um, like Councillor Ranger um, the fact that um, it's two affordable houses that have been moved up there is, is entirely irrelevant the two houses are 
um, the, the, two, the house that was moved well away from the boundary uh, and the, um, the other houses are right at, almost at the bottom of the garden, I think, of uh, number 59. Uh, and so I think they, they look entirely um, appropriate distances to me, so I'm quite happy with that. Thank you, Councillor Kant. I think Councillor McMahon, you had your, your hand up a moment ago. Thank you, Chair. I hope that the committee will take the opportunity to vote this down and move on to reasons for refusal. Can, can I just confirm that again for me, Councillor Mack? My apologies. I hope that the committee will take the opportunity to vote this motion down and move to reasons for refusal. Okay, thank you. Perry, I think you were there. That yeah, I was only after clarity. If I remember rightly, the last time this came before the committee, it was a split decision and it had to be the um, chair's casting vote that was used to actually get it through. Is that correct? Uh, I, I would not, I don't recall, but um, uh, I'm not sure how relevant that is. It, uh, Mr. Taylor is saying it, 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 it's, you are correct, in, but it makes no relevance to the decision. Councillor Manel. Thank you, Chairman. I'm just a little bit concerned about this whole issue because we have given planning permission, but now we're being told we haven't actually delivered the planning permission. But because something wasn't stated in the papers, it can be brought back to us. Well, not everything that's stated is ever in all the papers. So doesn't that imply that every single planning application can come back to us for rethink? Um, you're looking at the wrong, wrong person, Councillor Manel, for me to answer that question. That's far too technical. Um, I shall start with Mr Taylor and possibly Mr Perry may want to comment as well. Um, I mean, Councillor Menel is, is correct in, in one way. The report is there to help you to cover all the, the different points and try and, and bring a, a, a good rounded view to the application, both in terms of setting out the comments from the applicant, the comments from any objectors or consultees as well. Yes, that's, that's the, the way the report there. As Mr Brown said, um, there has been an ongoing correspondence with um, various residents in the surrounding area, and as a result of that, um, as Mr Brown again said, it was felt that these two points were not necessarily explicit within the report, although I wasn't there for the first meeting, but um, the discussions are remembered, as, as other councillors have said, in relation to, to certain plots and changes that councillors felt were appropriate. It's an appropriate use of bringing a report back to the committee to just check that that's the correct interpretation from officers' point of view to, to ensure that that's the correct um, interpretation of members' discussions at that point to ensure we have fully discussed everything um, to take forward that recommendation. Uh, Councillor Manel, you want to come back? Thank you. So presumably now the audio link will clarify all these issues. It will certainly help, Chairman, yes. Right. Um, uh, Councillor Cant. Can I ask for clarification on this? The, the, the question is not whether we think this is right, but whether we considered it appropriately. Yes, it's part of the weighing up of the evidence at that time, um, you know, whether that is a point that's being considered or not. Um, and some people have said, yes, it was certainly considered, but it's not a chance necessarily to, to review the entire entire decision. It's looking at the, the key issues to say, yes, yes, we, we, we hear that. It, it was discussed and therefore the decision should or should not um, go forward. 
Chairman, yes, the situation was that um, the correspondence which the Council received contains sets of being in proceedings for judicial review on a number of grounds. Probably none of the grounds would have been sustainable. Most of them definitely weren't. With regard to these two, one of the grounds for judicial review is the committee failed to take into account a relevant consideration. And we couldn't demonstrate on the papers the committee had considered the matters which members have said today they recall considering. And therefore it was considered prudent, bearing in mind that the planning commission had not been formally issued, to bring it back to committee for endorsement and to get the confirmation we've had today, these matters were in your minds when the decision was taken, rather than run the risk of proceedings. Thank you very much, Mr Perriot. Councillor Eastwood, you retire. Mr Chairman, my impression was that we discussed everything at that meeting and, and we made a decision. And as far as I'm concerned, that decision made and that decision stands. Um, well, you, you're going to get an opportunity to demonstrate that in, in a moment. Uh, now, the, uh, the application uh, ha has been proposed and, and seconded for approval. Therefore, we'll go to the vote. Uh, all of those in favour, please show. Uh, those against? Uh, and we had uh, one abstention. Are the numbers right? One non-vote, right. One non-vote. Okay, fine. Uh, the application is therefore approved. We move on to application UTT 140480, which is agenda item 6. And we um, have Mr. Brown again. Yes. Unfortunately, we haven't got any uh, visual aids on this one. Uh, this was slightly different. Uh, members of the result will recall this was a proposal that was committed, considered by this committee way back in April. Um, it was for the site at the Alzenham Sawmill. Members will recall visiting the site, walking around where basically this footpath would be formalised and going across the railway and considering it. The application was recommended for refusal, Chairman. Um, it was recommended for refusal by officers because we felt that that officers felt that that particular footpath would not be used and so therefore we considered it not sustainable that because of the emotive issues regarding the, 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 regarding the crossing within Elsenham, people were more likely to get in their car and drive to the shops. Simple as that. Members considered the application and there was a groundswell of support from the parish council and from the locals regarding the additional that the uh, footpath would not only provide, could provide access for the residents of the proposal, it could also provide a uh, proposal for residents to be, general residents to be able to use it. And that was my recollection of it. That was generally, definitely within the view of members when they approved planning permission. The uh, applicant has now come back and said that he's not prepared to pay or not prepared to provide a footpath. It's a footpath open to the public, not a public footpath. There is a difference. Uh, but he's not prepared to provide a general footpath for the public to, to go around that site. He only wants to provide it for the, proposed, for the dwellings that are proposed. And uh, so, again, it's going back to members near either to consider, you've got a number of choices, to either stand by your original decision or to refuse the original permission 
or to actually agree that it should only be for the um, occupiers of the five proposed dwellings. And uh, so the, 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 the what we're recommended is that you stand by what you originally said, but that's for members to consider. Um. Brown. Um, uh, we do have two speakers, um, so we'll invite them uh, before we get to, into questions. Uh, so Mr. Jim Collins. The only reason we are here today is because of the differential treatment by UDC of adjacent developers affected by the same problem, i.e. the pedestrian level crossing in Fuller's End. In the case of the 130 house development west of Hall Road, approximately 65 dwellings have a shorter route on a public footpath to the services via the pedestrian crossing in Fuller's End in comparison with the alternative route along Hall Road. Network Rail were not consulted in respect of this development and no conditions to improve safety as a result of the crossing were imposed. On the other hand, we have the sawmill development, a five-dwelling scheme. We have had to submit three planning applications and have been faced with three officers' recommendations for refusal. Network Rail has been consulted on each application. Thankfully, the Planning Committee demonstrated their wisdom and granted planning consent subject to a Section 106 agreement. We are now being asked to upgrade our offer to provide a public footpath, to provide a private footpath and to open this to the public. I am concerned that a small five-house development is being asked to provide a solution to a problem on an adjacent 130-house development. This requirement was confirmed in writing yesterday when I received your officer's email. In relation to the site west of Hall Road and the now accepted shorter distance to the services via the level crossing, your officer wrote, on this basis it is even more imperative that the footpath is available for all users and not just the residents of the development. I said at the last committee meeting that our aim was to facilitate the permanent closure of the level crossing. I attended a meeting yesterday of the three landowners on the route. Network Rail instigated this meeting. They are a commercial organisation and have both a PR and financial reason for wanting to close the level crossing. We have agreed that the land within the sawmill site can be used for this purpose. Negotiations between the landowner to the north of the railway line are close to reaching a positive outcome. I am certain that if market forces are left to their own devices, agreement will be reached the public footpath will be diverted and the level crossing closed. We as the developers of the sawmill site are not prepared to finance a right-of-way open to the public, particularly as Network Rail have a commercial interest and are diligently pursuing the same objective. If planning permission is not granted for the sawmill site, the current commercial use of the site cannot accommodate a public right-of-way 
and the opportunity to close the pedestrian crossing will be lost. We appeal to members to select option A. By selecting this, you are effectively making the sawmill site available as part of a public right-of-way diversion necessary to close the crossing. We have been informed by Network Rail today at 1pm that option B would not enable them to lift their objection. I have these documents and can show them if anyone wants. Network Rail will sort out the closure of the crossing and the diversion of the public right-of-way without any involvement from UDC and the developers of the sawmill site undertake to make reasonable endeavours to facilitate this. I have a second speaker, Mr Duncan Russell. Russell. Purcell. Uh, Mr Chairman, my name is Duncan Purcell. I'm here to speak on behalf of all the residents of Fuller's End and the surrounding area who all support the development. We feel it's now necessary to clarify the reason for our support because it appears that the main emphasis is becoming somewhat distorted. Whilst we all welcome the associated railway underpass as a bonus, the main reason for our support was that we wanted to rid the area of the current unsightly, problematic and inappropriate commercial site and restore the area to low-impact residential use, which is much more in keeping with the rest of Fuller's End. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Mr Purcell, and my apologies for our misspelling here. Um, I'm looking around. Ah, oh, yes, there's some hands, guys. I knew there would be. Uh, Councillor Manel. Are there any legal implications here? Uh, Mr Perry, if you know, it's, it's right. Uh, Councillor Eastham. Yeah, Mr Chairman, can you reiterate again the options available to us? Bear in mind that we've already approved this. As far as I'm concerned, sorry, as far as I'm concerned, Chairman, this has been fully approved. What are we doing? Now we're given options, options A, options B. Let, let Mr Brown give you the, uh, the, the technical answer to your, to your conundrum. The, the situation is we have a, I think there's an existing footpath through there, but it's a linkage to this existing footpath. Yeah, so there is an existing footpath that goes over the, over the crossing at the moment. And what the proposal included was access to that footpath from the um, from the site. Now that required coming out the site, going under, on, there was an underpass that linked onto an existing footpath. What was now the options are either to allow only the occupiers of the site to have access to that footpath, or to have everyone have access to that footpath. That's A and B. Now, now the the the, the rec my rec well meet members had a groundswell of, of support for this application from the Parish Council and from the residents because it was allowing the provision of a footpath link for the whole of the residents of that area. Um, and that swayed members in order to go against officer recommendation. It was a planning game that members saw as, as proportionate to the, to the proposal. So that's, that's the two options. So either only the development or everybody. And let me just fully understand this clearly. And the reasons that only site occupiers 
and not everybody should use it, is what? The reasons put forward are two, they're twofold. Which the first issue, I am not party to those exchanges regarding the network rail, but they're, they're, the network, the, what you've just heard the speaker say, was a network that couldn't support the closure of the uh, level crossing. This doesn't make sense, well, but I'm going to say it anyway. But they are saying the network rail did not, would not support the closure if, own, if, if everyone was going to go under the underpass, but if they restricted it to only the... That's what... That's what I'm hearing. Well, now that's what he said. Because at the end of the day, but we have nothing from Network Rail to actually raise their objection. Yeah. No, that's. Comment. Well, I, I mean, I wasn't at the meeting, yeah. so I, I have yeah. no knowledge of what went on. But those that are at the meeting, I mean, Councillor Davy is is nodding. Can you remember what you were discussing in relation to the use of the footpath? Did you want it open to everybody, or were you discussing it only open to the additional four, whatever it is, houses here? That's we never we discussed who it was going to be used by. We discussed the fact that it was going to be open. Nobody was con it wasn't considered whether it should be public or non-public. Councillor, you're, you're going to answer Mr Taylor's question. I'm simply going to ask the question is how you stopped the public using a footpath. I, I, I can answer Councillor, uh, Mr Taylor's question. I well remember the expectation was the public would use it because it was a, the, what the, bo the bonus we were gaining uh, in giving planning permission for the development on the site was the closure of the zebra crossing, the uh, railway crossing, uh, and, and, and uh, the enhanced uh, safety uh, for, for people to use it. Um, that's my recollection, uh, Councillor Davy. My recollection is a little different in as far as I, th I thought it applied merely to the site, the residents of the site. Councillor Kant. Thank you. Um, we had representations from the Parish Council and from people outside all saying how important this would be because people with pushchairs um, struggled to go round and it would be a quicker access. And for me, part of voting for this application was the advantage it would also give to people in Elsenham who would be able to avoid the zebra crossing and find a safe route round. Uh, right. uh, thank that, you. that was my understanding. So I, I would propose that we go for option B which is the pedestrian access of, is available for use by the public but is not a designated public right of way which would enable network rail to close the level crossing. Uh, right, so we have a proposal from Councillor Kent. Does that find a seconder? Uh, Councillor, you're, you're, you're seconding that proposal? Yes, I am Chairman, and I'd like to speak to that. Yes, indeed. Thank speak you. away. It is my belief that we discussed this application in our minds that this was a public benefit, that there would be a dangerous railway crossing being able to be closed and people would have an alternative route to cross the line. I can't imagine, certainly for myself, that I would have addressed the application thinking that just five households only would be allowed to go under that tunnel. 
it just I, I just can't imagine that being the situation and it's my belief that I was approving something that everybody would use I feel the same way Chairman it, it, we, it was not an approval for five households to use it was a it was a, a, a footpath it was a footpath it was a footpath it was a footpath that's it uh, right, thank you. Uh, Councillor Magman. I have a re vague recollection that we considered lighting on the actual footpath, but I mean it would be bizarre to try and limit it to just five re residential homes. I think our, our, our consideration was it was going to be available to everybody, otherwise what would be the sense of it? Okay. Um, right, well, we have, we have a proposer and seconder for option B. Can I just go uh, just to, to help people, option B is that this footpath would be available to the public. It would not be a public right-of-way. There's a technical difference. So you would not be designated a public right-of-way, but the public could use it. And the level, the... Um, that, that's, that's, that's it. Yes, that's it. Now, um, uh, we're just considering some technical issues, and Mr. Brown uh, has gone to meet with Mr. Collins, so we'll give them a moment or two. Um, uh, to, to consult and get an, an answer? No, it's someone else. Um, in the meantime, are there, are there further questions? Well, well, we'll give them a moment. Think quite. Uh, Councillor Easton. Do we, can we, at this stage, have any further information about network rail's involvement good yeah, rushing yes you did if for mr brown he's rushing <laughs> mr. brown um, in your absence councillor eastham was desperate uh, to get more information um, are, are you <laughs> right this is an exchange that's been happening between Network Rail and the developer, yes. and there's no question it's from Network Rail. Network Rail have been silent with this authority all the way through, so, um, but this was indeed received at 12.19. Um, the issue is, what would be happening here? I think this is slightly irrelevant, because it's going back to what members' decision were, but members' decision was based upon, if you like, allowing an access onto a footpath, which at the end of the day would be a permissive path, not a public footpath and as a result of that they would not close this would not result if this was a permissive path going through um, to the footpath it would not be enough for them to close the but what would happen if they have these if these five dwellings accessed through there was a diversion of a footpath going on which then would be a public footpath which then would result so you're actually accessing these properties to the public footpath now, that was received from us, at, well, received by the applicant at 20 past 12, but that has not been very clear. No. So, so, now, that is, at the end of the day, it's irrelevant in terms of consideration of the planning application, but members need to have that in their mind. Right. Yeah, th thank you very much, Mr Brown. I think we're back to where we were, uh, which is that we have a proposer and a seconder uh, for option B which is to grant planning permission for the development, uh, including uh, the permissible use of 
the Pond footpath. Yes. Chairman, I think that the, the information of Mr Brown is very helpful because what is shown is that Network Rail is a complete red herring in this. Uh, I can understand where they're coming from. They would not be prepared to close the um, level crossing because there's only a permissive right of way. But the fact that there's a permissive right of way in no way prevents them seeking to divert a public right of way so they can close the level crossing. So they'll go down their, their usual tracks, as it were, if you pardon the pun, um, and if a permissive right of way is opened up, that will not prevent them doing what they need to do to close the level crossing. Right, thank you, thank you very much, Mr Perry, for that, that clarification. Now, a councillor Ranger, yes. Yes, and thank you for that advice, Mr Perry, because I think that, that does help. It does open the door for network rail to actually put the mechanism in place to, to close the crossing. So we grant permissive right-of-way, everybody uses it, and then the public right-of-way can be diverted onto a permissive right-of-way. The developer has to pay nothing more now. He, I mean, whatever surfacing was going to be on that path is, was, I believe, part of the application. Um, we make no other... Uh, demands on that in terms of as Councillor Mackman raised there was talk of lighting and everything else but we don't have to do anything that, that footpath will be used by the five and it will be available for the public to use as well in a permissive manner uh, thank, thank you very much for your interpretation and unless Mr Brown and Mr Taze otherwise we'll take that as, as, as understood um, right okay um, let's go back to where we are. We're talking about uh, we have a proposer and a seconder for option B, and therefore we will go to the vote on that. All those in favour, please show. Those against? Um, and there's no abstention because Councillor Goodwin has gone. In that case, the application is approved. Item 7, thank you very much, uh, which is um, appeal decisions granted um, Councillor Mackman. Um. Right, Mr Brown, the uh, floor is yours and I've got all the audience awake as well. Thank you, but not a not to report. You, you've got, uh, I think it's five cases, some of them are six cases, some of them related, um, where all, all matters were dismissed. Um, there was quite a few good discussions about um, the five-year land supply issues where they've been quite content with the five-year land supply calculations that's come out in two of the appeals in terms of the, the way that we calculated our five-year land supply has been considered safe and content, which is quite good. And, but apart from that, there's nothing else. The consideration of the proposed cafe in Stebbing was interesting, that it was considered that although, you know, it was considered, although it was providing a facility, it was in an unsustainable location, which required increased use of the motor car. But I'm happy to take questions. 
to um, item 8, which is planning agreements. Uh, Mr Perry. It's just a report for information, Chairman. If there are any questions, I'll take them back to Mrs Oliva, who deals with the biosecurity agreements. Members, are there any questions of the planning agreements in the schedule provided? In that case, we move to item 9, other matters urgent. I have none, uh, so I declare the meeting closed. Thank you very much. We are not broadcast.